Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Joe Gross, who is the Director of Solutions Engineering at Greylog. And we're going to be talking to Joe about some of the work he does uh, related to leading a large online community dedicated to sharing knowledge and solving real-world IT and security challenges. We're also going to probably talk a little bit about what Greylog does and some other things. But before we do that, let's say hi to Joe. Joe, how are you today? Hey, Mark. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the, uh, the lovely intro there. It's uh, okay. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, my pleasure. And um, whereabouts are you located? I'm located just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, in a yeah. little town called Holly Springs. Awesome. Is there much of a uh, an IT kind of community there, or are you remote? Uh, I'm I myself am remote, um, but you know uh, the the Raleigh Durham like Triangle area has a lot of tech anchored by some big companies like Cisco and and Lenovo and and IBM. So so there's definitely a great uh, you know, general kind of cybersecurity and tech community here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my, my my role is remote, and I've been remote for about the last six years or so. Wow. Do you uh, do you go to many like uh, cybersecurity related kind of community events? Do you have anything like like that out there? Oh yeah, I mean like I, ISSA, um, uh, security and beers. Uh, the cloud, um, the cloud security alliance. You know, those are all kind of post-pandemic, just really picking back up now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, they're they're. They, I mean, they're kind of what got my feet wet in the industry, right? I mean, that was that's you know that that's one of the things that I love about cybersecurity in general is just this like overwhelming uh, perspective of like collaborating, right? We have like this yeah. shared the shared enemy. We have this shared agenda um and we could all be competing against each other and working against each other and instead we we've chosen we've decided consciously to to work together which is just fantastic yeah i, re- I really enjoy it as well and i used to go to the local issa meetings here almost like religiously because i would learn so much i mean the quality i i suppose it varies from chapter to chapter but the the quality of the publication actually is quite good. Um, there's a lot of great information on 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 their website. But then the uh, the local chapter meetings here in the Bellevue, uh, Seattle, Bellevue, Mercer Island, Redmond area, um, yeah. they always have great speakers, and it's not promotional; it's just educational, and I I really enjoyed it. I just haven't got back into the habit of doing it. So I got you know now that you bring <laughs> that up, I think that's going to be on my to do list. Hey, um, you know, you're you're talking about sharing information and being part of community, and that's kind of part of the the work that you do at Greylog, is is you manage some type of uh, of online community. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So so Greylog's roots is as is as an open source project, uh, and and if you've worked with open source software before, you know that one large piece of it is is this community aspect and and prior to coming to Greylog, I, I had only really experienced community in the cybersecurity space, you know, uh, even through like uh, uh, following different YouTubers and, and influencers and things like that. Um, but but Greylog has kind of given me the opportunity to 
drill into a different kind of community, which has been this technical community um, that happens to be centered around, um, you know, or at least historically centered around the, the product of Greylog, right? So, so when I took over the community um, about six, seven months ago now, um, you know, the we were fully focused around around the the, the technology. Um, and what I found over time, and just kind of you know participating in the community, participating in other communities to learn, um, is is that communities are incredibly powerful, but they're also a people problem, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is really a really unique thing for someone who you know historically I've been a cyber, you know a cybersecurity practitioner, I've worked in IT, I've been a you know a sales engineer, a solutions engineer, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so to adopt this problem that I very much so thought was a technical problem, right? You give a community, uh, you know, the technical expertise that they're looking for, right? Their their gray log is broken. They have, they need an, a new alert because there's a new kind of threat out there or something like that. And the community is going to be happy. And what we found over time is the strength of the communities like ISSA and um, and you know. And and these larger communities outside of that, like um, you know, like my uh, my kids are really big fans of watching people play games on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like like Fortnite and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the strength of these communities is in the people and in the relationship. And so the problem that we're looking at now and we're looking to solve is how do we strengthen the technical capabilities of the community? By humanizing the community in a way that's that's that is very unique in the cybersecurity space, right? So we have we have a forum, we have a Discord, we have a uh, we have you know GitHub where you can submit issues and things like that, and it's all very like uh, mechanical feeling, right? It's very mm-hmm. like this sterile environment that you want to interact with, and so and and what we're finding is you know we're we, we need to humanize we need to humanize ourselves as the experts in the product in IT in security right we have people in my team in the teams that surround the community that have you know 20 25 years of of experience in cybersecurity and could be a real help um, but they're not even able to get out there and so in a cybersecurity community and in, in a tech community we're starting to do things like like we're getting ready to launch a Spotify playlist of like what huh. Raylog is listening to. Right? <laughs> well, that's kind of, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was because I was just going to ask you. I mean, you you how do you humanize it? Um, and one is, I guess, hey, hey, we like this kind of music. What do you guys like? I mean, it's not all about the 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 technical aspects of the product, right? Exactly. Exactly. The technical aspects of the product are important, right? The technical aspects of you know, hey, like like when Log4j came down last year, um, that was an you know that was a massive community effort, right? We had to get in there, and support our community in a way um, that 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 they needed because their their companies were at risk, you know, in in major ways. Um, but you know, but we're also finding now that to bring those people into the community, you know, doing things like um, you know hackathons, and we're gonna start hosting some capture the flag events later this year and uh, a chess tournament and, and we're gonna have a merch store and 
all sorts of stuff like that, right? Game, gamifying participating in the community by giving out points and having a leaderboard and all those things has become has become just as integral to our to our community strategy as determining the best way to take the latest CVE and publish a detection rule for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, which has been go ahead, go ahead. No, I know it, 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 it's, just, it's just been a, a, a big mind blowing kind of, kind of realization um, that that is the reason that these online communities that ha- seemingly have nothing to do with each other um, have been so successful. It makes a lot of sense. I'm just curious when you took over this role, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times when you step into a role, you'll ask or be told, look, this is, this is what you need to accomplish. Or you'll say, this is what I want to accomplish over the next, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months. And, and if I accomplish that, then I can say that, you know, I was successful in this. Um, and it sounds like that, you know, you're, you're implementing a lot, a kind of a whole new direction. Uh, is that something that, that when you stepped into the role that there was already discussion or is that after you were in the role, you kind of looked around and said, you know what, we need to kind of humanize this a bit more and, and, and really yeah. kind of, you know, uh, beef up the sense of community versus just the information sharing aspect. Yeah. So, um, I mean, big, big shout out to, to my boss, uh, Mark Brooks, uh, who gives me a lot of rope. <laughs> to do lots of things with. Um, but, you know, we we knew that our community had been flat for mm-hmm. a number of years, right? We knew that about as many people were signing up and engage, you know, engaging once or twice to get a single question answered or something like that as we're kind of rolling off the back end and then running the, running the product, you know, kind of at a steady state, right? And so the initial problem that we were looking at was just, you know, how do we grow the community, right? A flat mm-hmm. community is a dying community, really, right? Um, so how, how, how do we grow the community? Um, how do we increase the, 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 level of, um, the level of conversation that's happening within it, right? So instead of just everything being about, well, hey, I ran into this problem installing this product, right? Mm-hmm. We can start getting into, hey, well, here's how to do risk-based alerting in an open source sim, with a product that, you know, is a that is, has an amazing toolbox that you can do a whole lot of stuff with, and and you can grow your use of this into you know commercial versions and and things like that. So we started to you know so we had the objective of we need to grow the community, and we need to level up the conversation. Um, those were things that had been kind of identified by myself and the and the executives and and the previous community owner. Um, you know, but, but no real understanding on how to, how to necessarily do that. Um, and so, yeah, when, when I took the reins of it, um, I decided to take some time and explore other places that I believed were communities, right? Solid communities. Um, and it kind of took me on a little bit of a journey and, and kind of arrived at this, at this perspective of, you know, the, the the lifeblood of the community is the people and mm-hmm. we have to figure out a way to nurture to nurture those people and so yeah we i got some funny looks in some presentations to executives around you know what do you mean we're gonna have a you know a spotify playlist and what do you mean you're gonna you're gonna take my engineers away to play chess you know <laughs> <laughs> against again against our customers like what are you talking about um and then i think you know we were able to 
um, you know, kind of help everybody understand that, you know, um, you like being a part of what you like being a part of in your life because you feel valued as a person. Um, you feel valued and, and you feel like that the people that you're interacting with are bringing value to you. So whether that is a professional organization, a civic organization, a religious organization, whatever it is, you feel as though you're getting value and you're bringing value. And that's what we want to build within, within the Greylog community. And then take that, you know, and build the Greylog community out into a broader cybersecurity community, IT operations community, those kinds of things. Awesome. Hey, when you were, you know, just starting off, did you look around and say, see some other examples of communities that are, that have already done what you're exactly what you're talking about? Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I've seen I've seen some smaller communities that have done some really great things. Um, there was a product uh, called Post Hog that we that actually came across by accident because we are, um, you know, doing some partnership conversations with them, um, and they have a really amazing community and just the way that they engage seems really. Um, you know, see, seems really effective. I, I also kind of went down the rabbit hole of the larger communities like the Cisco's and, um, you know, and Red Hat and those guys. And and that all just felt a little bit too standardized and a little bit too corporate for, you know, 140-person startup, right? Um, it kind of, we're in, you know, still in scrappy growth mode. So let's be scrappy and, <laughs> and, and, and let's be, you know, um, a little less corporate than they than they need to be, um, and then you know what ultimately kind of you know caught my eye, and this is going to sound probably a little bit crazy, was but was you know uh, like you know TikTokers and YouTubers and Twitch streamers, and you know you've got people that are logging into these Twitch streams. You've got you know hundreds of thousands of people that are waiting for these Twitch streamers to show up every single day and watch them do something that these people could be doing themselves, right? And they're doing it strictly for entertainment, watching it and being a part of it. Um, and so just understand, and, and that's really where this idea of humanizing, having fun, engaging directly with your community in non-technical ways came from, was just in these massive online communities that are the most successful communities out there. Well, that what kind of metrics do you use to judge your progress? Yeah, that's a good that, that, that's a good question. So, um, you know, the the biggest metric that we utilize is um, is is twofold. One is the daily engaged user. So, how many users are given time on any day? right? The other one is the monthly engaged user. I can't remember which order the math goes, <laughs> but essentially it is a ratio between the number of monthly engaged users and daily engaged users to see the drop off essentially. So, so how many, what percentage of your users are coming once a month and engaging in that kind of idea and how many are coming, you know, on, on a daily basis, right? Over the last over the last week is is what it actually averages out, um, and we want to look at that number being somewhere in like the thirty to thirty five percent range, mm -hmm. um, you know. And and we're not we're not there yet. I mean, just to be honest, we're still in this journey. We're still building. Um, but you know, when when I started, we were somewhere in like 
the five or six percent range, and now we're you know up towards seventeen. Um, so you know we are really kind of trending in that direction, and and you know a lot of the things that we've implemented thus far is um, you know just simply um, ha having having my team, which is like the solution. You know the vast majority of my team is solution engineers, um, the professional services people, just writing content that they find interesting right so mm -hmm. they worked on some you know they worked on some deployment or they were working with a customer or something like that and they uh found a use case that was really cool and they decided to write it up and give instructions on how on how to do it and post that on a blog under under the moniker of gray log labs is what we call it and then we cross post that everywhere we cross post it to reddit we put it on um, the community forum, we put it on Twitter, we put it on LinkedIn, Discord, wherever, and allow people to engage with that content and create a conversation around it. Um, and that's just starting to kind of help build that. And then, you know, as we get that, as we get those conversations happening is when we'll start to pull in some of these other aspects, um, you know, around finding people to be in the Greylog ecosystem for their own personal enjoyment and not just necessarily for technical information. Do, um, is, I mean, is, is the business rationale behind this? Is it, you know, the bigger, the more robust the community, the, uh, the, the, the faster the community is growing, just kind of is a signal that helps support and facilitate the growth of Greylog itself? Yeah, so there's there's a couple there's a couple of rationales behind it, right? Um, the 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 first one is you know being an open core product. Um, the more people that are that are engaged in the community means the more people that are adopting our open core product, and just in general, people are going to fall out the bottom and need the commercial offering just through self selection, right? The other thing that we're doing is we've actually mapped the what we're calling the open customer journey. So from the time you join the community, which we've identified as the time you download and install Greylong to the time you exit the community, um, which you know, we, we have, have identified by a couple of different metrics. Um, what, is the, what is the path that you take as a customer, right? And along that path, where are the points where, you know, where there's friction that we can ease through um, different kinds of content, whether that's, um, you know, uh, uh, videos or blogs or webinars or whatever that may be. Um, it, and then also where are the points in time where you are the most primed to potentially buy from a commercial, from the commercial perspective so that we can inform you of what the commercial offering is. We're not going to sell to you. We're not going to market to you. That's not what the community is for. Uh, but we do want to give you the information that uh, of that, right? So that you you can make an informed decision and and make a value and have a value conversation with your with your leadership around whether or not that makes sense to go, um, you know, to to move into the commercial offering. the The other place that it is um, that, that we've kind of driven a business driver out of it is that. You know, Greylog is a large piece of software, right? We're talking about uh, enterprise log management, SIM, right? We're talking about these massive, you know, software suites, and and one of the big appeals of the of of something like that is having 
people around you to help you with that, right? And we've run the product, we run the the um, run the solution really successfully thus far through uh, you know, through our customer success organization um, in kind of surrounding our customers in in these bubbles, right? Of that, but it's a very manual effort. It's a lot of what I would call heroics. And what the community does is kind of create that bubble for us, right? So similar to like uh, when SolarWinds was really big and they had Thwack, right? Um, and so when you bought into SolarWinds, you weren't just buying SolarWinds and and their support and their product. You were buying into this whole community of people that had solved all of these problems with this software suite that you had just taken on. And, and you were able to tap into that market. Right, you were able to tap into that and build friends, build engagement, all that kind of stuff. And so that's another place where the community kind of engages in this idea of like a, a tier zero support, right? So something below, below necessarily like our enterprise support, but can solve and engage in in um, you know in in architectural conversations and 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 problem solving conversations and and things along those lines. So there's there's a lot of value. There's a lot of business driver to the product um, or to the organization through community. Um, but a lot of it has to come comes from supporting our commercial, um, you know, supporting our commercial customers. Um, and also just, you know, uh, doing our best to build the community in a way that people are interested in, in expanding their partnership with us. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't care what you're doing. Uh, there's a huge value in join a community of people that have like-minded goals or interests, you know, and it could be, it could be a hobby, you know, uh, sport fishing or hiking or whatever, but yeah. the, the learning curve is just going to greatly, um, I guess the word would be steepened, but in, you know, the, the, the rate of learning will, uh, will increase dramatically and, and it's fun, you know, it's being part of a community is, is exactly. oftentimes is, is a really fun experience. There's that kind of cohesiveness and you feel like you're part of a group and you belong and you're in your kind of on, on a, the same, same mission. Um, what kind of metrics can you share in terms of the size of your community? Yeah. Um, so our, so our community, um, as far as install, you know, gray log installs were somewhere around like the 60,000 mark. Um, we, um, community member wise, we're about double that right now. Um, you know, so we've got a very large community and that's mostly because, you know, a lot of that's because Greylog has been around for a, a long time. Um, you know, but we have, um, you know, several thousand members that are kind of active on a regular basis and engaging, um, and the community, um, you know, is, is continuing to grow both in installs and in members. Um, I can't necessarily share exactly the rate of that, um, but you know, it's continuing to grow, and that growth is expanding as we're, as we're seeing our um, you know our, our engagement happen. But you know, that that's kind of the base community. Um, outside outside of that, we have like eighteen hundred um, eighteen hundred uh, subscribers on Reddit. I don't remember the word for it. Um, our subreddit has about 18,000 18, okay. followers, or eight, eight, about eighteen hundred followers. Um, our, uh, you know, our YouTube is growing by leaps and bounds. We just had our, you know, our first video hit ten thousand views, which has been really exciting. Awesome. <laughs> um, you know, and and yeah, we're just kind of you know running through this approach of of this multi-channel 
um, you know, multi-channel community and, and kind of the next thing, next big thing to continue to tackle is kind of the more real-time community through um, like a Slack or a Discord. We have a Discord right now we're trying to make, trying to determine if that's the right platform for us going forward, but we have about 400 members in there and starting to get a little bit more engaged in kind of that day-to-day -day conversation, right? Do you, do you find that you have um, some like community leaders who just stepped up and are super, super active? Is there, is there a way, do you have a way to like recognize who these people are and maybe give them, um, a, I don't want to say give them recognition or maybe even give them a little bit yeah. of a, authority or, you know, in terms of helping to kind of moderate or curate the community? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we, we do, um, we have several leaders that have, that have popped up um, and are engaging in this in, in on a regular basis, right? And this is, and they've been doing it since before, you know, since before uh, I took over and before, you know, kind of this new new phase of the strategy that, that we're undertaking. Um, and, you know, we've recognized them with, they, they actually, uh, the majority of them belong to our community advisory board. Um, and so they're constant, you know, so they're kind of in constant com communication with me about what the, what's going on within the community, what what does the community need, those kinds of things, right? Um, we uh, last year brought those members out to our user conference, um, which is Greylog Go that we uh, Houston, oh, host in Houston. Um, you, you Houston hosting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever needed to say those two words back to back. You need, you need some more coffee, man. <laughs> it's all right. I, uh. um, yeah, and and um, and and you know, this year we're looking to expand that. We're looking to expand our community advisory board to include you know include customers and some partners, as well as as well as that core group of of, of open source you know, strong community users. We're implementing some gamification into our community uh, as far as, you know, like you can, um, you know, you can become like a, a community leader and be badged for that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and and kind of get that authority shown there, um, you know, and, and we're all, and we're always looking for brand ambassadors and people that are going to go out and, you know, speak the good word of Greylog. And, you know, that generally comes with, you know, free, free swag and <laughs> all sorts of, all sorts of perks like that. Yeah, I work as the strategic sales director for a company called MimoQ, and it's not in the security space. Uh, software, uh, very niche software for the translation industry. It helps translation companies and enterprise companies uh, manage their you know large scale uh, translation projects, etc. And we have a very loyal uh, community. Every yeah. year we have something called MemoQ Fest where people come together. Um, they, they would typically come out to, uh, because the company's based in Budapest, they'll we'll fly yeah. you know several hundred people in. And it's uh, it's awesome because even if you're, if you're there on site or just virtually, there's so much information being shared. Uh, I've seen you know multiple times where one of our customers will ask a question and you know our, our, one of our solution engineers would respond. But then, you know, some some people from uh, from our other customers would pop up and say like, hey, here's a, here's another way you could do it. Here's another way. And all of a sudden the conversation just gets really super exciting and and we're all learning. Right. And then, mm -hmm. and, then and then in addition to that, the human side is, is, you know, there's there's food and beverage and entertainment and group activities. And it's just a really kind of um, it's it's a cool feeling to be part of a community like that. And, you know, and it doesn't just happen once a year. 
we do uh, regular like consultant roundtables and in and, and other events where we bring very specific sets of users together. Maybe they're from the same industry. And a lot of times it's interesting because I think you touched on that before, but uh, you know, sometimes these companies are, well, they're c direct competitors, right? Mm -hmm. But we have the shared mission of optimizing, you know, their investment in this software and, and getting the, the team that this, uh, that's using this software to, to, you know, uh, perform even better. Right. So if, you know, if, if everybody can kind of share best habits, it's a, it's a great, great experience. Exactly. I think, you know, the, the truth is like, you know, the, the cybersecurity industry, the, the, the IT industry, like the, these aren't that old of, of industries, right. Um, you know, they, they've not been around for, for a massive amount of time and they've changed so rapidly during that time. No one has all the answers, right. right. They're, they're, it's just, it's just impossible to have all of the answers. Um, you know, I, you know, I've, I've worked for Greylog for three years and I was, I was the first SE, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that the company took on and I don't know all the answers of the product, um, uh, cause it's just impossible. Right. So, right. um, you know, you know, I, I really truly believe that, you know, the, the next wave of, of successful, you know, tech companies in general, right are going to be community driven and are going to be, you know, part of this, like, you know, becoming part of the human experience of solving a collective problem. Um, because I don't care if you are, um, you know, Boeing and Lockheed Martin, you both have to solve a VMware virtualization problem. Right? Right, right. <laughs> and, and it shouldn't matter to the IT professional or to the cybersecurity professional that your two companies are in competition with each other necessarily, um, because ultimately your goal, your role, is to um, you know is to is is to solve the problems that are in front of you, um, and these are these are your peers, mm -hmm. right? Um, these are the these are um, the people that understand the uh, the the plight of your role the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, why don't you, um, if you don't mind, explain a little bit about Greylog and what is it yeah. that you do that's different from your competitors? Of course, of course. Um, yeah, so Greylog is an open core uh, log management and uh, cybersecurity company. Uh, we have been around, the, the project has been around since 2009, um, and we uh, started a Greylog Enterprise as our kind of commercial offering about seven, eight years ago. Um, since since then, we uh, have grown to now have uh, three different products, um, one being Greylog Open, which is really primarily focused on a traditional log management use case. Um, so bringing your logs in, searching them, visualizing them, doing some basic alerting against those things. Um, and so really kind of that, that base level log management. Operations um, adds in some functionality around running Greylog at scale um, and solves some other additional problems like uh, long-term archival of logs, having an audit log to see who's doing what within the product and who's looking at what data. Um, so really kind of tying in, um, you know, that great, you know, running Greylog at scale and and within an enterprise. And then our newest product um, is Greylog Security. And kind of that that is our, 
Um, it's kind of our bread and butter. Greylog has been very focused at the security market for a long time. Um, and and the goal there is to build a, you know, a kick-ass detection response platform. Um, so we are heavily focused in building uh, the detection capabilities and and response capabilities into the Greylog platform. Um, so things like so bringing in things like anomaly detection and the utilization of Sigma rules, um, which is an open an open source standard for sharing detection rules between sim vendors. Um, you know, and and really diving into solving the underlying problems that have existed within the sim and kind of detection response space for a long time around you know things being really um you know really difficult to utilize uh super expensive from a tco perspective um and really just needing a lot of hyper specialized talent um to do it to do the basic jobs of just kind of you know is this alert a real alert or not right right um and and then investigating those things you know, how, how we do that differently is, you know, Greylog is built on a data platform, right? Uh, so most SIMs, most security tools out there are an alerting engine that had to have a data platform put onto it, <laughs> had, to have that, had to have that added on, but we're a, we're a data platform, right? Greylog was built to handle terabytes and terabytes a day of logs um, and do the, do the, analytics against those and so we've been able to build really quickly on top some really deep and advanced analytics capabilities specific to the cybersecurity problem um, and we're going to continue to build in that way so we're going to you know so um, in the upcoming release that'll be out in may we're launching an investigations module that's going to allow people to actually um, run cybersecurity investigations directly from within gray log so collect evidence assign that investigation, give it a priority, um, leave notes, work it, and close it. Um, we'll be expanding past there, um, you know, deeper into some threat intelligence, some asset modeling, things like that, and just continue to build out our functionality there. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, you know, we, we kind of came up with this a couple of years ago. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, Greylog's looking to unsim the security market, right? <laughs> Let's take away all of the all of the heavy lift that has existed for the entire time I've been in cybersecurity around log, you know, log analysis and and the detection of cyber of cyber threats, and let's just get to the meat and potatoes of it and allow people to find the needle in the haystack in a way that you know works for them. Awesome. What would you say are the one, two, or three most popular questions or concerns that you get from prospective customers at the enterprise level? Yeah. Um, so one. Um, so I, I think you'd be surprised what we what we get from the enterprise level. Um, you know, some some of it is just simply, hey, there's a lot of new regulations around data residency and privacy and all these kinds of things. And we need to still be able to accomplish the job while, you know, ensuring that our underlying data isn't violating some law somewhere in the world, right? Um, so it's probably the number one question that we get of like, how can you ensure that, you know, you were able to do this analysis and, and these alerts 
um, regardless are you, are you, of where the data lives. Are you referring to the, the, the actual log data? So because, like, yeah. for example, with GDPR, um, if you're if you're looking at the log data or you're storing the log data that shows, um, you know, user activity of an EU citizen, there may be certain times that you're allowed to do it, maybe certain times you're not. Um, and then if they leave the organization and say, hey, I want you to delete my data, um, is that the kind of scenario you're talking about or is it something else? Exactly. No, ex exactly that. Um, and, it's, and it goes even deeper than that of, you know, that EU citizens data can't actually leave the EU, right? Um, so if you're a large multinational and you're running, you know, you have a SOC that's in the U.S., uh, and you need you have log data in the U.S. and in the EU. We need to figure out a way for you to access the EU data um, that is just another part of your network, right? It, there's no real difference between that data and the data that's in the U.S. It's just a different part of your network. But we need to figure out a way that you can run the same analysis against the U.S. against the U.S. data and the EU data without that ever actually departing the EU. Um, and make that and do that in a way that's efficient for your socks so that you're not swivel chairing on on a regular basis and trying to follow um, you know follow uh, cyber threats around the world in, across different tools, right? Um, which is a pretty real reality for the vast majority of multinational security teams today, um, mm -hmm. where they have they just simply have to have a tool in each region um, because you know the privacy part is important. Um, and I'm not gonna not gonna diss on that in any way, shape, or form. It, it's important, and and we should be doing more of that. Um, but it but it definitely has unlocked a challenge there. Um, you know, be, beyond that, right? We get a lot of questions around like, well, what what should I be logging? What shouldn't I mm -hmm. be logging? Um, how how should I be logging it? Right? You'd be surprised that logging has been a you know has been a common practice within you know, the enterprise space for over 25 years now. Um, and yet we still on a daily basis get questions, you know, run into situations where, hey, we have an incident that has happened uh, and we're we were doing investigation, we're doing an investigation for it, um, but we only actually store our DHCP logs for seven days. Um, but the data that we have around the workstations goes back 90 days. So we are looking back 90 days to find this, you know, the starting point of this attack. And it's great that we can see that it happened at 192.168.80.4, right? Uh, but I don't know what machine that is because I don't have my DHCP logs because I never kept them, mm. right? Or, or you know, we can see that this, you know, that this, that this um, attack jumps from this machine to that machine. And we have, you know, uh, we, we have the IP addresses of those, but I have no DNS. And so I have no idea um, you know, necessarily um, how that how that attack happened because you know we can see that it happened over HTTP or HTTPS, but I've got no idea where what it actually hit on this you know server that hosts a hundred web apps, right? Um, so we see a lot of questions around that of just what should I be collecting, what should I be bringing in, and then what alerts should I be running against those things? You know, we have the MITRE attack framework. But, you know, there's a couple hundred TTPs on there. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and and a lot of those TTPs cover a lot of different devices. So what are the most important ones? You know, because they're in any solution, there's a there's going to be a trade-off between how many alarms you can actually work, um, the severity of those alarms, your willingness to, 
accept certain risks, right? So your willingness to allow cyber attacks to get to a certain point before you are able to detect them. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, you know, in, in a lot of platforms, the Greylog is not necessarily included in this, but but in a lot of other platforms, right? There's a there's a question mark around, do I have the dollars to bring in XYZ log data to cover, you know, a TTP? Um, right. And that's a real that's a real cost benefit analysis that we see CISOs uh, and directors of information security and even you know SOC analysts making on a daily basis. Uh, and it's a stressful one. And so, you know, we're looking to streamline those recommendations and, uh, you know, at least for, you know, kind of the mid enterprise space, you know, kind of below necessarily like where you need to be super bespoke because the because the networks are so large and, and so, uh, so massive. But in kind of that mid enterprise space, um, you know, we're looking to kind of standardize some of this of just like, hey, here are the things that you should primarily can worry about and now go do a risk assessment and determine what your other holes are bring that back to us and as a partner we're going to help you uh you know determine where else you should be plugging those holes makes a lot of sense hey i gotta ask i mean for the different players in you know your space are the yeah. pricing models all the same or are they all across the board they are all across the board um so so some do a, a what's called an EPS or an MPS, which is an events per second or a messages per second uh, pricing, which is just you know how many logs are you being sent at any given one given time. Um, some do a resource-based pricing, which is like um, how many CPU cycles and how much RAM and how much you know data tiering and those kinds of things are you doing at any given time. So you pay nothing for the storage, nothing for the ingest, but you pay for the processing of the data, the analytics of the data. Um, Greylog utilizes an ingestion-based pricing model, uh, which is a gigabytes per day or a terabytes per day, um, and that's what many others utilize as well. They're all kind of different. They're all kind of similar in that they all hinge on how much data you're putting in, right? In some way, shape, or form. Um, so, like the resource-based pricing because of data tiering, and you pay to move you know, data from hot to warm to cold to frozen um, is just another layer of ingestion pricing. Um, so they're all similar, but they're all just enough different that it's, you know, sometimes difficult to compare apples to apples, which we, <laughs> you know, which is obviously what we get into on a, on a regular basis. Uh, as well, yeah, in, customers. Um, so in, in the, I'm going to kind of wind it down here, but uh, last question related to, 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 um, uh, Greylog, do you do you do some type of uh, TCO analysis that will look at the different you know platforms or pricing uh, systems to say you know hey based upon you know what you're telling us this is this is what it's going to look like? Yeah, um, that is so. My uh, my VP of the 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 VP of sales and I are kind of joined at the hip. Um, he's he's my work wife, so to say, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and we uh, we we do a lot of that analysis together, along with our uh, director of product marketing. Um, you know, just just trying to understand these different pricing models and where you know where where economics work out in our favor, where economic works out economics work out in the competitors' favor. Um, you know, because ultimately 
every pricing system has you know certain use cases that it's really great for and other yeah. use cases it's not great for and that's just kind of part of you know part of picking one and and deciding hey this is what's best for my um you know my my segment of the market awesome hey uh, early on in our conversation you mentioned that when you were first getting started that you used to follow some subject matter experts or centers of influence in the cybersecurity space. Uh, do you have any particular recommendations? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, there are a number of podcasts out there that I that I love, um, as well as uh, there are several uh, LinkedIn influencers like um, Mike Johnson is one of my favorites. So is Chris Roberts. Um, I also think um, uh, uh, Malware Jake is a great one to follow on Twitter. Um, you know, really just starting to dive into the community and being a part of it, I think is probably my biggest my biggest question because you'll meet these people, right? They're they're not they're they're the same people that I think most everyone knows in the cybersecurity space and will be, and will end up connected to. Um, but you know, my my biggest recommendation getting getting started is like um, ISSA, ISACA, or InfraGuard are going to be big in your city or you the next major city over one of those three will be the big dominant chapter. Um, figure out which one is dominant and go join it, go be a part of it, go sit in the meetings and meet the people that are there. Um, you know, and then listen to, you know, you know, be, become part of the community, become part of the conversation, see who the people are that they're listening to and who the speakers are talking about. Um, you know, and then find, find what works for you. The, you know, um, because there's there there's tons of influencers out there um, that and and they all have different styles and I think it's important to find the style that fits best for you. Awesome. Hey, uh, last question. Nothing to do uh, with cybersecurity, but earlier you mentioned that uh, uh, some of your team would go and play chess, uh, online chess with your customers. Uh, <laughs> which which app or platform do you use? And I'm asking because uh, one of my family members is like really gone in for for chess and um and is really enjoying it and i'm just curious what what, what platform you guys use yeah uh, we are currently exploring utilizing chess.com um so we've run a couple of like internal chess tournaments off of that um and we're looking at you know ways that we can partner with them to do you know kind of a larger scale more formal uh online chess tournament but they're they that that platform has just been great i think it's um, accessible for people that are just learning how to play, um, and also will pair you with people that are also in your still in your same skill level, which is great for people like me who are terrible at chess, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like to play. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been it. Um, yeah, I've been we've been utilizing them for about eighteen months or so, just internally to Greylog, you know, building internal community. Right mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. now, we're looking at how we can potentially expand that beyond. Awesome. Hey, Joe, I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, if people want to find out more information about Greylog or your community, what's the best thing for them to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, about Greylog, um, you know, if if you specifically want to know about Greylog, uh, visit our website, greylog.org, uh, or come join the community, which is community.greylog.org. Um, info at graylog.com is the email address for just getting generically in, co in contact with them. Um, if you have specific questions 
uh, for me or specific, uh, you know, things that you want to do it, uh, go for there. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, uh, under Joseph gross in the Raleigh Durham area. You'll find me there. Um, and, uh, or you can reach out to me at joe.gross at graylog.com. Awesome. Hey, Joe, thanks so much for your time. And I would like to wish you a great remainder of 2023. I'll have to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.